You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. What is going on, everybody, and welcome into another edition of the Unreasonable Odds podcast presented by DraftKings, DraftKings Sportsbook. You probably follow all of them on Twitter already. I am Julian Edlow. You can follow me on Twitter at Julian Edlow, but we're going to throw a couple of new Twitter handles at you to start to follow. The Unreasonable Odds podcast is officially on Twitter. It has taken a while, but we are there. You can follow us on Twitter at Unreasonable Odd. It is one of those situations where we ran out of characters. I would love that S to fit there, but it does not fit. So you can follow us on Twitter at Unreasonable Odd. And to celebrate the launch of the Twitter handle and to celebrate, uh, you know, the beginning of football season, we're going to be dishing out some, some, some college football bets. And uh, once we get one that hits, we are going to be giving away five, one, two, three, four, five, $100 bets free bets on DraftKings Sportsbook, the largest uh, free bets that I know that I have given away ever in my tenure here. Uh, so you want to make sure that you watch out for that um, as college football week one gets underway. As it pertains to this episode, we have a special guest with us. If you're watching on YouTube, you see him right now on camera. Matt Humans, VSIN editor and host, joining us on the Unreasonable Odds podcast. Matt, thank you for coming on with us, man. Hey, Julian, great to be on with you today. And it's, uh, man, it's an exciting time of year when the college football season kicks off and you got NFL right around the corner. We are here. It is about to be a whole lot of football coming very quickly, which means a whole lot of betting coming really quickly. So let's let's rifle through the board here, um, starting with college football, and we'll maybe get out of here talking a few NFL win totals if uh, if we have the time. a couple of ones. This is one I know. I know that you were on, and I told you that I was on when when I was on Veasan with you last week. This is one of my favorite college football futures uh, this season. Utah Utes, their team that that easily cashed the over back in 2019. Weird year last year, obviously with COVID, win totals not really available. Utah over eight and a half. I know that's one you're on. It's one I'm on. Uh, you wanna you wanna break this one down for me? Yeah, uh, this is one I bet probably. Almost two months ago, and uh, I've always liked Kyle Whittingham. I think he's the best coach in the Pac-12. And a lot of times when you look at this conference, USC is an overhyped team. Clay Helton, the last, uh, I'm going to say last two years or two two plus years, has a 13 and 18 spread record. Clay Helton is um, an underachiever. That's why he's always got a talented team he underachieves. 
if you look at the north of the Pac-12, I don't think Oregon and Washington are everything they're hyped up to be this season. So I think you have some teams at the at the top of the odds chart in the Pac-12 that are, are fragile sort of favorites, if you want to put it that way. And uh, Utah, when I break it down by the depth chart, I think uh, – the Utes have the strongest offensive and defensive lines of any team in the Pac-12. And that's the start to the key to success right there. If you're strong up front, uh, that's going to uh, that's going to carry you a long way. Now, now Utah's also got Charlie Brewer, transfer quarterback from uh, Baylor. So if you looked at the Utah team last year, it was a pathetic quarterback play that really was the biggest problem Kyle Whittingham had. Hopefully, Char- Charlie Brewer puts those problems in the rearview mirror and Basically, when I look at the Pac-12 in the big picture, I think USC, uh, Oregon, Washington, those teams aren't what they're hyped up to be in some of the preseason magazines or by the media. Uh, but that's okay. As a better, you can take advantage of that. And uh, I played Utah at 10 to 1 odds to win the Pac-12 and Utah over 8.5. And, and I think if you look at the Utah schedule, it sets up really well for this team to win nine or more games. And I expect Utah to win 10 games or more. Yeah, I, I... – I love the play on Utah. I love the the whole Charlie Brewer thing. Just a guy that got dinged up at Baylor. And now, like you said, probably the best offensive line in the Pac-12. That should keep him upright and keep him looking a lot better. Um, and the passing game is is secondary when it comes to Utah. They're going to run the ball down your throat. You mentioned yeah. the defensive line. So I, I do really love this play. And this is coming from somebody that I will admit um, I am, I am on the Phil Steele hype train. I know that's one of the magazines you're, you're referencing Washington, number one surprise team. I am on Washington over eight and a half, um, on the other side of the pack 12. I, I do like how their schedule kind of, kind of breaks down, but the bottom line is both of those, both of those can hit without too much conflict. And I do like tickets on Utah, uh, to win the pack 12, to win their division. Um, I, I think that that makes a lot of sense. Um, Let's transfer over to we're talking about maybe a, an, an easier schedule for a team like Utah. Ole Miss, Mississippi is in a gauntlet of a division in that SEC West. Um, you got some tough teams in there, but this is a very talented team uh, in, in their own right. And you got a little bit lower of a win total here. Ole Miss over uh, Mississippi over seven and a half wins. This is one that I, I like a lot. I haven't acted on yet, but um, as, as my, my articles on the DraftKings playbook kind of wind down, this is maybe the last win total that I'm, I'm considering writing up. So the floor is yours now to convince me that this will be my, my last win total play. <laughs> uh, you know, there's a lot of things I like about Ole Miss. And I think, first of all, could, Matt Corral could be the best quarterback in the SEC. Yep. And he, he can't look too much. You say, well, he lost his top wide receiver. Wide receivers are easily replaceable, and I think Ole Miss has got plenty of wide receiver talent. This could be the most explosive offense in the SEC. And uh, if you watched the Ole Miss-Alabama game last year, up until you know early in the fourth quarter, shot for shot, the Rebels are right there with the Crimson Tide. And how impressive is that? When you look at it, sure, the game got away late in the fourth quarter, but I think Ole Miss can play with anybody. And uh, if that defense is improved – which it looks to be improved on paper. This time of year, every everybody says they're improved. It's all optimism in camp. Uh, I look at the Ole Miss defense, and I think it is better. Uh, I, the key is uh, the offense, obviously, sustaining drives. You can't – got to eat up some clock to give the defense time to rest, and that's one of the problems with uh, those fast-paced offenses like Lane Kiffin runs. But the schedule sets up really well without getting into it line by line. 
I think Ole Miss is going to be three and zero going into the Alabama game. Should be three and zero. Uh, and I after the Bama game, I don't. There's not a. There's not one on the schedule that the Rebels can't win. So I think over seven and a half makes a lot of sense. And then it's just a. It's a sidebar to the story, but Kiffin's done a great job, I think, getting this team to bond. And he he claims they have a hundred percent vaccination rate on the roster, so you're not going to have to face yeah. any forfeits or anything like that. You wouldn't think because uh, Ole Miss is in in good shape uh, as far as the, the vaccination rate goes too. So I think there's a lot of positives with uh, this Ole Miss team, which um, seven and a half looks like a cheap number to me. I think this team wins nine games. That really is a great point to, to pay attention to those vaccination rates and just uh, somebody is going to lose a game at some point this season, probably multiple times um, on forfeit. And those are going to count towards the records. There's no, there's not last year. Oh, we'll maybe make it up then. Uh, we didn't make it up. It's win or loss uh, based on that. So having a team with 100%, if you can just get a cheap win, um, you know <laughs> that that counts when these numbers come out at the end of the season when you win or lose. Um, all right. So you you sent me basically your your week one card here. Um, I see one favorite on here and a whole bunch of underdogs. So I'm not even gonna I'm not even gonna go game by game here. I'm just going to ask you a general overarching question to begin with. It seems that you, is this more of a week one thing for you or an in general thing for you where uh, you're really into these underdogs early in the season in college football? I'm, you know what? I'm mostly an underdog player anyway. I probably play about 75% underdogs. Now this week it's 90%. That's more than <laughs> usual. Uh, but I do think in week one is there's a mystery element, a lot of these teams and yep. Uh, you don't really know what you're betting on necessarily in a lot of cases, what you're going to see in week one. And, uh, you know, I'll, I'll give you an example last week and I don't like to just talk about winners, but last week I could not understand why Nebraska was a seven point favorite at Illinois. That line opened eight and a half. It didn't make any sense to me whatsoever. Yeah. You know, if you looked at the Illini, they had a lot of experience coming back a new coach. They're going to play a different style. Why is Nebraska seven eight-point favorite on the road, I th- I made that number three. And I probably still would have taken Illinois at plus three. Uh, so a lot of times I think uh, hype inflates some of the lines, some of the preseason hype inflates the lines and some of the favorites, and that's where I think you find value with dogs. Plus, like I said, just a mystery element. You don't know what these teams are going to bring, and I think you do see a few more surprises or a few more close games early in the season. And that's why I find value in taking points in uh, case in uh, games more often than not. Now, last week, I also had a loser. I had a Hawaii plus 18, and I thought the Hawaii run defense was going to be better. It was uh, it could have been me and you and nine guys off the street. We probably could have done better defending the run against Chip Kelly's team last week. But it's, um, you know, win one, lose one. And uh, I'm OK. I'm OK with that. I also had Nebraska under the season win total of six and a half. So that's off to a promising start. But, uh, yeah, you're right. My philosophy early in the season is definitely to lean more underdogs, especially in college football. That might not be the case in the NFL next week, but it's definitely the case with college football right now. All right, so looking at those dogs, let's start. I know this is a bigger game because it's the Thursday night game, and we have a, a highly ranked team uh, with national, national title hopes there. So let's talk real quick about Minnesota plus 14 over Ohio State is one of those dogs that you have um minnesota obviously a great year a couple years back one of their their best year um 
and you know now we're going to see what they are against Ohio State. The only hole that I can poke in this Ohio State team, no quarterback that has thrown a pass attempt in college football. Otherwise, mm-hmm. across the field, they are legit. Um, why do you think Minnesota is going to going to hang on at home here and keep this one within two touchdowns? Yeah, I put that out of 14. I'm going to wait to see if I can grab 14 and a half because a lot of times Ohio State numbers get bet up. So I'm not yeah, racing. Late, late public money. Dog. Yeah, but I had to put the play out. So I went ahead and put it out of 14. I, I think you'll get a better number. I've got Minnesota rated the number two team in the Big Ten uh, West. I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Minnesota gives Wisconsin all it can handle at the top of the West when all it's said and done. Uh, the Gophers have 20 starters returning. And Tanner Morgan is back as one of the most accurate passers in the Big Ten. Now, he had a great 2019 when he had 30 touchdown passes. His his play declined a little bit last year. The whole Minnesota team had a little bit of a down year. But he's got one of the best running backs in the conference uh, back with him, Mohamed Ibrahim. And uh, Minnesota's also got a mammoth offensive line. Okay, they're not going to be outmanned by the Ohio State defensive front. There's been a lot of hype about the Buckeyes and how strong they are on the defensive front. Minnesota's got a 6'9", 400-pound sophomore, Daniel Falaile, who is uh, bigger than anybody Ohio State's going to suit up, I guarantee you. But no, just across the line, Minnesota's big, experienced, and that's why I don't think they're going to be outclassed by the Ohio State defense. I'm a little concerned about the Minnesota defense. I mean, that's my biggest concern. This is an 11-2 and team two years ago, the Gophers. Yeah. They took a big step back last year. Uh, but P.J. Fleck, previous to that, was a moneymaker for betters. I think this uh, Badgers team is going to be back on the rise. Or, excuse me, Gophers team is going to be back on the rise after a down year. I do think they can challenge the Badgers in the Big Ten West. And uh, when you look at Ohio State, ton of talent, no doubt about it. But I think a little bit overpriced on the road. C.J. Stroud, you mentioned it. You got a quarterback who's uh, inexperienced. And uh, going on the road, laying two touchdowns with a quarterback who's never started a Big Ten game, those are the type of spots I look to, look to bet against a lot of times. And it's also not like there is somebody behind him that, that has any experience that you can go to. It's, it's the right. quarterback room in general that has zero experience there, which is yeah. pretty interesting, especially for you know a, a high-powered team like this. I can't remember a, a team this highly rated that has zero experience anywhere at quarterback. Um, Ohio State's definitely the most talented team in the Big Ten. It's probably not that close. The wide receiver group is the best maybe in the country. But you're still laying – you know, if you're betting the favorite here, you're laying two touchdowns on the road with a quarterback who's yet to throw a pass in Big Ten play. So, Yeah. Ohio State better hope that these quarterbacks can play because you don't want to waste the wide receivers that Ohio State has this season because they are good. Um. Looking down the rest of the board, let's actually just go here since we're talking Big Ten. I know Wisconsin's a really popular team. They're a team that I bet on early at at slight plus money to win the Big Ten West. Um, but this number in week one is is growing. Penn State now plus five and a half point dog um, at Wisconsin. You like Penn State here. Uh, you're kind of going against the grain. Let's hear it. Yeah, actually, I think this Penn State team's got the potential to be pretty good, and I don't say that a lot of times because James Franklin is one of my least favorite coaches, and uh, he, he's one of those guys who can find ways to lose close games in the fourth quarter. We see it in a lot of Penn State-Ohio State games. But uh, Sean Clifford's back, a quarterback, off of, you know, a disappointing season. Let's face it, Penn State 
started 0-5 last year, won the final four games to get to 4-5, and and that was a strong finish. I think what you're going to see from this team is more of what you saw in the final four games of last season. And the talent's there with Penn State. If the quarterback play is there, this team's going to be dangerous. And, uh, you know, with Wisconsin, as much as I like the Badgers, we still don't know for sure what Graham Mertz is. You know, I, I can't say he's the program's next Russell Wilson. I can't say that right now. When he debuted last year against Illinois, he was 20 for 21 with five touchdowns, and everybody thought, oh, this guy's going to be a Heisman candidate. He's a former five-star recruit. I think he had a total of four touchdown passes the rest of the season. And uh, so I, I'm still not exactly sure what you're going to – I think the Badgers are going to return to what they were a couple of years ago. They're going to be a power-running team with a strong defense. It's going to look like Wisconsin football again, which it did not in 2020. But I still have questions about Graham Mertz, and I think – uh, catching five and a half here with Penn State is uh, not a bad play. I expect this game to, you know, go down to the wire. All right, just going dealer's choice here. The rest of your card here filled with with underdogs um, outside of Minnesota and Penn State. Your your favorite dog that you're playing for col- uh, college football week one. Well, that's it's tough because I had somebody ask me that last night. What's your favorite play? I said, tell you the truth, I didn't bet anything really big this week everything was basically the same level of play I played I played 10 games so far and by Saturday I'm telling you I'll probably play seven or eight more and I'll have some totals in there but Mm -hmm. and it's not just about being excited about the first week college football I see a lot of numbers on the board that I think maybe we can take advantage of this week or give it a shot and uh, see how it works out but I, I typically do pretty well in the first week of college football so as far as the, uh, let's see, the other plays that I fired on this week, I had uh, two, I, I took Indiana plus three and a half against Iowa. And actually that number's down because uh, earlier in the summer, you could have had Indiana five and a half, six. So it's, uh, it's dropped a little bit and you're not getting the same amount of value, but I think this Hoosiers team is really talented. And uh, Tom Allen's done a great job. And I just don't see it on paper with the Iowa Hawkeyes right now. I know that Kirk Ferentz does this every year. You look at Iowa on paper, you say, "Eh, I don't think this team's got it. And then you look up and at the end of the year, he's got eight or nine wins. Uh, This looks like, to me, it's going to be a low-scoring defensive type of game that Indiana can take to the wire, similar to the Penn State-Wisconsin game. So I grabbed three and a half with the Hoosiers, who uh, I think have a lot of potential this year. Uh, I also played Fresno State plus 20 and a half against Oregon. You might be able to find 21 out there. Uh, let's put it this way. I, I told you previously in our, our talk about Utah, I think Oregon's a little bit of an overrated team right now. Mm-hmm. Mario Cristobal is not one of my favorite coaches. But aside from all that, the Ducks have a look-ahead spot with a game at Ohio State on deck. So it, it's Fresno State's got a game under its belt, and it's a look-ahead spot for Oregon. And I think a lot of handicappers are seeing the same thing here. So Hopefully uh, we're all seeing a winner, but who knows? Louisiana Tech's got a really experienced team with an experienced quarterback back. I took 23 on uh, La Tech against Mississippi State. Pretty much the same situation with Florida Atlantic against Florida. That's, you know, another big dog on the road. I took 23 and a half with Florida Atlantic. You know, one in the Big Ten, we didn't talk about. Purdue's been one of the worst home favorites in all of college football the last few years. I am buying low on Jeff Brom for the season. I think Purdue over five, which is the current DraftKings number, Purdue over five is a pretty good season win total bet. 
there's a lot of talent offensively on this team. And actually, the defense should be much improved. I think Purdue's going to get to six wins, possibly seven, if uh, the team overachieves. But Brom has not been good laying points at home, especially. And this Oregon State team under Jonathan Smith is could be sneaky good. He's got a lot of experience coming back, and I think Oregon State's going to give Purdue fits in this first game. I took seven with the Beavers in West Lafayette. Uh, I took Nevada plus three and a half over Cal. Uh, you know, it's not I – w- I would like to get uh, four or four and a half with the Wolfpack here, but it's not going to happen. What you have is Carson Strong – if not, definitely the best quarterback in the Mountain West Conference, if, if not the entire West Coast. I think Carson Strong is a rising NFL prospect. He's got a lot of weapons around him. Uh, this Nevada team is loaded. Uh, Cal obviously has one of the best defensive coaches in the country and Justin Wilcox. So you got strength against strength here. Is uh, Wilcox going to out-scheme uh, and shut down Carson Strong? I don't, I don't think so. I, I, this Nevada team, I think, can compete and uh, beat a lot of teams in the Pac-12 this year. I've got Nevada rated number one in the Mountain West. I know a lot of people have Boise yeah, or, or someone else. I've got Nevada number one in that conference. So I, w- I went with uh, the Wolfpack plus three and a half at Berkeley. Uh, on Sunday night football, Florida State plus seven and a half over Notre Dame. Shrinking if I had number. To, yeah, if I had to pick one, it might be my favorite. Maybe it's it's Florida State. Like I said, I, I bet it on the same level of all the others so far. Maybe I'll bet more on it. I was waiting for this number to go to 10, and then it got to 9.5, and, and then turned and went the other direction. So you're not getting as much value. I was really hoping for 10 here. I think Mike Norvell's team is going to take a big leap in the second year with McKenzie Milton at quarterback. And what's Notre Dame got? We don't know. I, I talked about mystery teams. Brian Kelly does a great job. He's one of my favorite coaches, but he's got to replace Ian Book, who won 30 games as uh, the Irish quarterback. He lost uh, a lot of talent to the NFL draft. He lost his defensive coordinator, Clark Ray, to Vanderbilt. Uh, So it's a little bit of a rebuilding job here for Brian Kelly, and I think Florida State's going to be a team on the rise this season. So on Sunday night football, I'm pretty hyped for this game. I think Florida State's going to be a live home dog. Took seven and a half. And one favorite, I know you want to talk about a high-profile game, Clemson minus three over Georgia. And uh, last year when we we saw DJ Uyungle play for Clemson against Notre Dame, he threw for 400-plus yards, and he looked phenomenal. Uh, obviously, he sat behind Trevor Lawrence and gathered dust, but I think this guy's ready to break out, and I like him better than JT Daniels, the Georgia quarterback. I really believe, after watching JT Daniels at USC – and watch him in the late last season with Georgia. I think he's one of the most overrated quarterbacks in the country at this point. He picked on some weak defenses late last season. Uh, the Bulldogs were lucky to beat Cincinnati in that in that Peach Bowl comeback. Uh, I think Georgia also has got a, a couple of their best wide receivers are out in this game, including George Pickens. I, I, Clemson, to me, is uh, as good as any team in the country. I've got Clemson power rated number one, 1A, 1B, right there with Alabama. Uh, so I, I, I laid three. If you want to make a case for Georgia, I'm not really going to argue. If you want to take Georgia plus three and a half, uh, th- that bet might be okay too. But I, just my personal opinion after watching JT Daniels at USC and Georgia is that he's overrated. And I think the, the Clemson defense and Uwe Ungale, I'll call him DJ. It's a lot easier. That's um, what I do. <laughs> yeah. I, All right. I, well, there- I think Clemson, Clemson's the one favorite. I like Clemson minus three and I actually kind of like Ole Miss on Monday night. So it's not all underdogs. I do like Clemson and Ole Miss. 
I agree with you on Ole Miss, on everything you sent me, all college, all NFL. There are two things that we are opposite on, and we didn't even get the same numbers. But one of them is this. I did bet Georgia plus three and a half, and you said you wouldn't argue with me, so we won't argue. Uh, it, it, the, the injuries on the Georgia side do scare me a little bit. Pickens, they're going to miss a couple of key bodies. And I am, I am conceding the quarterback mention, uh, the quarterback matchup to, to you. I think that DJ at Clemson is better and I'm hoping that Georgia has enough to kind of, I don't think that Daniels is bad. I, I just hope that Georgia has enough to kind of cover it up on the rest of the field and that this Georgia defense is going to be something unlike the Notre Dame defense and the BC defense that, that DJ saw last year. And uh, you know, I, I could see this one just being a field goal game either, either way, which is why I like to get, I, I don't think I would bet Georgia at three. I, I want the three and a half. Um, I, I really want the hook there with, with the dog. Um, all right, really quickly, last couple minutes here. We got Matt Humans with us from VSIN. You can find him on Twitter at Matt Humans247. Um, I'm Julian Edlow from the Unreasonable Odds podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Unreasonable Odd. Um, just like a minute each here on three w- win totals. The other thing that I am opposite on you on, and it's a different number, you are on the Raiders over seven. I have the Raiders under eight, so a full win difference is is a lot. Um, the only other person I've seen on the over here, I think is Ken Thompson, who I spoke with out in Vegas. He's on the Raiders <laughs> over seven as well. So you guys are together there. I don't see it with the lot, like the offensive line, huge downgrade. I, I can't buy into it. Um, I just couldn't see them going nine and eight to lose me this with a winning record. So I played under eight. Tell me why you are on over seven. Yeah. And win totals, let's, let's get this straight first off and you, you, kind of hinted at it uh, the number is especially important in how you play these yeah. and a lot of these numbers are going to a lot of the win totals are going to come down to the final game final two games of the season so what number you get is very important I would never tell somebody to play the Raiders over seven and a half okay uh, but I'll, I'll say play over seven because the Raiders go seven and ten you get your money back you push and to me it kind of feels like a free roll because let's look at the AFC this year and don't forget, all the AFC teams get nine home games this year. And the Raiders are going to have a true home field advantage for the first time because you're going to have fans packing Allegiant Stadium. It's going to be an electric atmosphere for these home games in Las Vegas. Raiders were a good road team last year. They were 6-2 and two on the road. They beat the Chiefs on the road. They can compete offensively with a lot of these teams. Is their defense good enough? Probably not. But I think they would have to bomb and go 6-11 and 11 for me to lose this bet. And I don't think they're that bad. I actually like a lot of things about the uh, some of the upgrades Raiders have made in the offseason. I do think they've improved the defensive line. I like the new defensive coordinator and his approach better. Uh, yeah, I'm concerned about the offensive line. But then again, some of those guys who were on that line last season, they were big names, but they were underachievers uh, too, uh, like Trent Brown. Uh, Trent Brown might work out with the Patriots. He was, uh, let's face it, a, a bum with the Raiders. So that's not, uh, that's not a big up, uh, downgrade. It's a kind of addition by subtraction. So Ken Thompson out here in Vegas is a huge Raiders booster. Okay. He's like a super fan. So I'm more of a, a neutral observer. I'm, I'm, I'm not necessarily a fan, but when I look at the breakdown of schedule with nine home games and definitely some winnable, winnable games, and you're talking about a team that was a play away from sweeping the chiefs last year. I think the, uh, the Raiders over seven is a good bet. But again, like, you know, you played under eight. I'm not going to argue with that play because I don't not sure the Raiders can go, you know, nine and eight. I think the Raiders can win seven, eight, possibly nine games, uh, but they would have to go six and 11 for me to lose that bet. So the number you right. get 
is very important on win totals. And the same thing, Julian, goes with the Patriots. I played uh, the, the Pats over nine this summer. Right now, that win total is at nine and a half pretty much everywhere. I can't recommend playing over nine and a half because you got to get to 10 wins just to win. If you bet over nine, if they land nine and eight, you still push. And that, that's a big difference if you're betting a significant amount of money on these win totals. So I think the Patriots might be the most improved team in the NFL. I love yeah. Mac Jones. I've been saying it for weeks that Cam is not the right guy for the offense, that Mac is the right guy. They, they can run the Tom Brady rhythm passing offense with uh, Mac Jones. And I think the Patriots, you know, we talked about Utah. I think the Patriots are really strong on the offensive and defensive lines. They are. And uh, they're going to be the most improved team in the league. I even grabbed some Patriots 35-1 to 1 to win the Super Bowl. Right now, that looks like a reach, and some people might laugh about it. But in December, you might be looking at it a lot differently and say, hey, this Patriots team's for real, and Belichick's coming back with a vengeance. So I bet the Patriots are plus money to make the playoffs over nine in a little Super Bowl bet, but – those are a couple of the NFL futures. I also played the Jaguars under six and a half, which I think looks too obvious, doesn't it? Who's, it looking, does. at, who's looking at the Jaguars right now and saying, oh, yeah, this team's going to win seven or more games? Nobody. It's, I don't like it in the NFL when plays are too obvious, but I went ahead and played the Jags under six and a half and the Bears under seven and a half. I think that if you look at the Bears' schedule, it's brutal, and they've got a lot of problems on both sides of the ball. I think that's one of the better win total bets is Bears under seven and a half. All right, I'm with you there on the Patriots over nine, and I do think nine is a key number, and I love that Mac Jones is in there um, to to kind of just from the jump to, to get that rolling. I'm also with you on the Jags under six and a half. Like you said, it, it's obvious. I don't know why this two-win team is suddenly going to win seven because they get a college coach that hasn't proven anything and a number one overall pick, which right. generally isn't a winner. I think people are looking at the Jags a little different because they're a week one road favorite but they're going to play the Texans twice. That's the way it is. I still don't see seven wins on that schedule. Um, all right. A couple quick things to promote before we get out of here. Um, obviously, Matt Humans from VEASAN with us. You can follow him on Twitter at Matt Humans 24-7. You want to follow the Unreasonable Odds podcast now on Twitter. Uh, you can follow me at Julian Edlow. We have one new, um, under the DK promotions, we have one new unreasonable odds promo and uh matt you can tell me if you like something here for a second before we get out of here it is more wins the kansas city chiefs or alabama football and yes one team regular season wins and yes one team plays 17 and one team plays 12 yes there's juice kansas city opened minus 240 they're now minus 250 i don't care this is five game difference and the chiefs give me the i'll lay the minus 250 on kc to win more games Worst case scenario, like Alabama goes 11 and one, Kansas City has an awful season, goes 11 and six, and you push it. I don't see, I don't see a loser here. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. Actually, I think it's the sharper approach to like the cool thing to say would be I'm going to fade the Chiefs because you fade <laughs> the Super Bowl loser every year, right? And that's typically a, a profitable strategy. Uh, but I'm not into fading the Chiefs or fading the Buccaneers this year, okay, because the Bucs have 22 starters back. Tom Brady should be better on healthy knees after a year in the offense. The Chiefs rebuilt their offensive line. Uh, it looks much more promising. So I'm not going to fade the champs or the Super Bowl losers. And like you said, Alabama's going to have to basically run the table, I think, for you to, to lose that bet if you play the Chiefs. So. Uh, Alabama can go right ahead and run the table and the Chiefs can do exactly what they're supposed to do and go 13 and four and you still win the bet sure (laughs) Um, all right Uh, that is a that is a podcast Um, I'm thinking like do I have anything else that I have to promote here nope we're good 
Um, we kept you a few minutes late. Mr. Matt Humans from VSIN. Find him on Twitter at Matt Humans247. Thank you for joining us here on the Unreasonable Odds podcast. Hey, anytime, Julian. Thanks a lot for the invitation and uh, have a good weekend, man. Let's hit some winners. Of course, yes. Let, football season here is here, so let's absolutely hit some winners. Um, you can find the Unreasonable Odds podcast on iTunes, on YouTube, on Spotify. And again, of course, you want to follow along this week because we will be giving away five $100 free bets on DraftKings Sportsbook for the Unreasonable Odds podcast. I am Julian Edlow. We will be back next week with my co-host Steve Buchanan, with Adam Levitan for an NFL Week 1 preview.
Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.